I'm Aishan, and this is The Review. City lost 1-1 to Forest at the City Ground, and joining me to pick the bones out of what was an ultimately very disappointing, but also positive in some ways, afternoon, I've got Lloyd. Good afternoon, Lloyd. Afternoon. Tricky one to, you know, even right in the intro, I was like, very disappointing afternoon but also way too many positives for a very disappointing afternoon. So Mm. it's probably going to be one of the most schizo pods that we've done in quite a while. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'd say from about two o'clock to 4.45, my emotions were all over the gaff on Saturday. Um, You know, it very much looked like, even though Zinchenko scored, it kind of looked like that game was petering out, petering out to a two-two, and then for Arsenal to win it like that, I think is obviously you know it's huge for them. But that completely, you know, it didn't floor me. But I was like, you definitely got your hopes up, but you still you, at three o'clock, you're still thinking that we play, we we play well, get the job done, doesn't doesn't matter. And then I think we play potentially the best ninety minutes of the season, and we end up drawing one-one from one shot on target so mm. it's it's yeah it's uh it was think, an incredibly tough one to take i think yeah i agree i think i do think that we're a little bit informed by what happens in the arsenal game in that i think that if arsenal i think weirdly enough if arsenal win that game four nil dead easily right i'm not sure that we have the i'm not sure we feel as bad at full time in the forest game as we ended up doing i think we feel bad because you have two things that are almost snatched from you in the last moment so you've got the arsenal thing where you think they're dropping points then it's taken from you and then on the flip the opposite happens to city where you think you've got the points in the bag and they get taken from you so it's it feels a little bit like a double loss um which i think compounds it a little bit but Look, let's get into it. Um, I was quite surprised by uh, the fact that he persisted with Bernardo and Mm. left back. Not in the sense that I don't like it or that it's a problem or anything like that. I just felt that he'd move Ake back to left back. Um, Mm. What would... Was there anything in the lineup other than Bernardo or even the Bernardo thing that caught your eye or bothered you? No, to be honest. I mean, other than that, it was it was pretty as expected for me. I thought Foden, I think I said on the Friday show, I thought this just felt like a game that Foden should play. Mm. And it was like the right it felt like the right game to get him back involved from the start. And I thought it would be for Mares, so that was kind of as expected. I saw a lot of shouts that like Alvarez might start. But I didn't didn't really see that to be honest. So I thought that was as is. But yeah, the big surprise, again, said it on the on the Friday show was was Bernardo again. I thought I thought we'd see Ake. I thought we'd see a more conventional back four, particularly after what Pep said um, after the Arsenal game, and obviously you know switching it up after sixty minutes. I just thought. I thought against Forest, we'd we'd move back to that and maybe have like either Laporte or Ake in the kind of left back. And I'm doing the little quote sign with my fingers because it's not really <laughs> left back in the kind of left back role. Um, but you know what? I think I've completely flipped because 
I thought that he'd not play that partially because he'd want to have a left back for the Forest game, but mainly because I thought he's probably going to want to do it against Leipzig and Bernardo's probably not going to be able to do four games in a row because I think it's just so taxing for him to play that position. And I think I've completely flipped in that I think he actually needs to play a genuine left back against Leipzig. And I know we fought that prior to Arsenal. Um but that is partly down to what we saw, but we will discuss that in more detail because I think obviously Bernardo playing there gave us a huge amount in the um, in the final third of the pitch. Yeah, well, look, let's let's get into the opening kind of the opening period of the game. We we tend to do this thing where you know Howard talks about it a lot that you know what city you're getting pretty early on. What city did you think that you got when the game kicked off? Best version of City, I think we've seen this season, in terms of what we did in the middle third and the final third. I think that was the most like Pep's twenty twenty to twenty two like false nine City that we've seen. I mm. thought the accuracy was just a hundred percent there. So, for example, against Arsenal in the first half, I thought one of the big problems was that we were building quite nicely and then De Bruyne would pass it five yards away from someone and we'd lose the ball or Gundo would play a, a, a poor pass 10, 10 yards wide of someone and we'd just lose that momentum whereas what we had against Forest is it was so crisp the movement was there I thought everyone was in kind of the correct positions every time we lost the ball we were so well positioned that we just got won it back straight away and it just felt like false nine city and that is crazy given we've got Haaland and obviously Haaland wasn't that involved but Bernardo playing in the position he did, whilst it def- we definitely lose something and obviously the goal comes down that side and it is a bit of a howler if you watch it back. I think though the trade-off is massive in that it allowed us to to create that overload in midfield and then also to have you know Gundo, De Bruyne, Grealish, Foden in the correct positions that we pinned Forrest back and I think after 15 minutes it was 91% possession. Now... That didn't translate to that many good chances in the first half. I think Rodri's is obviously the big one. Um, but I thought our general play was as good as I've seen it this season. Mm, I think that's the <clears throat> I think that's the trade-off in the Bernardo Silver at left back thing. That for me, the thing that really jumped out 15, 20 minutes into the game was that extra man moving from a back four effectively into a some type of midfield position it gives you the extra body to control the ball and to pick passes which allows overall your attacking play to be much more aggressive and it also it it feels as though it's easier than to pick passes to players because you do feel as though you have a man over all over the pitch and to piggyback on what you said about winning the ball back and pressing. I think that's the other thing you, by playing somebody like Bernardo Silva in that position, it gives you an extra body in the press high up the pitch. Uh, and somebody who is comfortable doing that role, because I think the difference is the difference between, for example, Walker or even Cancelo, uh, I think the difference is the th- difference with playing somebody like Bernardo is that what tends to happen is Bernardo understands that midfield 
pressing role. He understands where to position himself, how to win the ball back, how to be press resistant. It's just, it's second nature to him. So you get the best of both worlds because you've got effectively a body playing at left back, but you've also got a midfielder who does it probably even better than Zinchenko. And I would argue Zinchenko was probably the, the arguably the best along with Rico Lewis at, at sort of playing that. Oh, he definitely, yeah, Zinchenko is the best Yeah, prior to this, for sure. So, so I do think it's a big, I do think it's, I understand it and I don't have a problem with it. And actually, I think far more so than the Arsenal game. In hindsight, if I look back at the two games, in the Forest game, it makes perfect sense because they're so low block. They're so, um, yeah, I mean, just the, the, the way in which they played, it was so deep and you have so many men to play through that you absolutely need an extra player to help break the line. So yeah, I, I didn't really, I didn't really have a, have a problem with it. Um, and what I think, do you think, what do you think of the, of the kind of first half then in terms of how we played compared with how we've played in previous games this season? I mean, you're right when you say that it felt like false nine city. It, it felt as though we, I don't think I've seen us aggress, uh, press as aggressively and as well. I, I don't think I've seen us move the ball as quick, quickly over a sustained period of time. And I don't think I've seen the midfield and the defence actually be that vertical in their passing over a sustained period of time. So I felt as though almost from minute one, everybody's looking up the pitch for where they can play the ball into a little bit of space, where they can get a player in. Um, And the other thing is just tempo of passing. I I just felt that the tempo, I, I think everything culminated in the pressure that we create and also you know the the chances that we create i think the prettier the grealish chance that gets blocked um mm. if you remember it's that little move between uh phil and kdb down the right and then phil i think it's phil who picks grealish out arriving and uh and the shot gets blocked but for me that kind of getting the ball to the byline quickly and then getting getting it caught across for the runners I think that's something we've not seen enough of this season. And so for us to so early in the game almost signal our intent, I thought that was uh I thought that was really, really impressive. Um look, there's something I want to talk about quite early on, and I know people don't like conversations around referees, but I have a serious issue right now with the way in which Premier League games are being officiated. And I want to point you in the direction of the Worrell challenge on Grealish that Worrell gets a yellow card for, where his boot is higher than Grealish's knee when he goes into that challenge and he doesn't get the ball or anywhere near it. And he shouldn't be making that challenge. Am I wrong in thinking in seasons gone by that's an easy red card? No. And you know what? It reminded me of the Trippier one on Kev. Exactly. At Newcastle, which was obviously given as a red and then 
somehow, again, not sure how, overturned. Um, no, I think I think that's that's one of those where if it's given as a red, there's no way they overturn it on the pitch. Mm. It just it to me, I think it's something that somebody's going to have to. One of the managers is going to have to come out and make a big deal about it. I fear that it's not going to happen until somebody gets badly injured. But there's an injury coming for me this season. You know what I? I thought the same and what I thought was going to happen is when Arsenal were kind of careering to a 2-2, I thought Arteta was going to be the guy and come out and say it because Saka got the shit kicked out of him in the Villa yeah. game. And I thought, you know what, if they don't win, I I bet Arteta will come out and, and bag the refs um, because Saka has repeatedly been getting the shit kicked out of him game to game. Um, and I thought that would be it. But obviously with them getting over the line in the way they did, he's never going to mention it. Mm, I think it's, a, I think we have a similar thing, uh, particularly with Grealish for whatever reason. Um, he's somebody who opposition players like to kick a lot. Uh, and it's, it's just becoming tiresome now. It just feels a little bit as though we're losing control of games in the sense that, and I, and I think that this, it applies to both teams, just in the sense that I feel as though players, they get 15, 20 minutes into a game and they just sort of go, all right, well, everybody's kicking everybody, so let's go. And I, I just don't think that's the, I understand the idea we want to keep the game flowing because it makes for more entertaining games, but not to the detriment of the players themselves. And that's my big fear. Yeah, and I think the thing the thing that irks me is, look, I don't mind if players are late on Grealish. If it's a genuine attempt for the ball and you're just late, that happens. And, you know, very occasionally that will be a red card. But I think what's starting to irk is that when a player takes a, what is basically a cheap shot, so when he's completely gone and then you just you just hack him and you hack him in a slightly egregious way, I don't think those kind of fouls are being punished correctly. And so... I do think that probably should have been a red card. But the problem is, in the way that the games are being refed at the moment, if that's given as a yellow, they're never, they're never going to increase it. No, no. I, 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 I'm, but then, you know, uh, in the United game, the, the, the challenge that the new fella, what's his Crazy. name? That was a, Sabitz, that was a red yeah. as well. Yeah, the, the Sabitzer challenge, it doesn't even get a yellow card. And to me... I just, I, I, I don't understand. Genuinely, I, I don't understand where I've seen, we're at. I've seen people saying, you know, that wasn't a red because <sighs> they slightly pulled out. No, that's Gary Neville just, making it. That, Neville started that narrative on, not true. on Sky. Yeah, it's, it's absurd. He's too high. Like, He's too high. How, how can they, how have they decided that he pulls out the challenge when he makes contact with the opposition player's knee? So effectively what you're telling me is, because he didn't kick him hard enough to end his career, it's okay. It's it's yeah, it's rubbish. It's just it's just a, stood, it's stood showing as well, which yeah. I know is a factor that the refs look at rather yeah. than kind of flat boot because obviously flat boot is slightly different. Thanks for listening to the first fifteen minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more. Go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description.
So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.